Hello everyone! Before we get today's episode going, I have a major announcement for you guys. I, yours truly, have opened a brand new merch shop! To be honest with you guys, I was personally not happy with spring, the experience, the quality of the clothing and stuff like that. After hearing so many good words from so many other people, I decided to bring everything from the spring shop over to Fourth Wall! Fourth Wall will now be the new home for the Postmodern Art Podcast Shop. You can go there today and see a wide range of incredible shirts that we've had up there before, such as the logo, the Pride Collection, as done by Eldritch Grandpa and Mine and Roll Tears, the wonderful retro design, as done by Roya Shahidi, uh, the incredible tag design, done by the incredible Aiden Art. And speaking of Aiden Art, thanks to him, we have two new designs that you can buy right now. The first being this cute little little sock where you can see a little 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 money bags on your on your ankle, little cute little adorable. Just look at the little thing. I I I, I love him. It, it's wonderful. But also, more importantly, if you guys pay attention to me on Twitter, a few months back I did a little contest and I did a little meme that was basically reminiscent of that classic Sonic pose of the Alone on a Friday Night thing. Uh, well, I decided to do my own version of that, which Aiden did. And now with this new shop, I decided, eh, let's slap that on a shirt. It looks absolutely incredible. All the shirts are using comfort color shirts, which are absolutely soft and amazing. I can attest to that after buying former guest Feral Starweaver's shirt. Um, I, I could not get enough of his shirt. He was telling me so many wonderful things about Fourth Wall. So many other people were talking about Fourth Wall. So I knew I just had to go there in order to sell my merch. You can go to the link down in the description below to find the link for that merch shop, or you can type post-modern-art-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. You might want to go to that link in the description below. It's so much easier. And just to celebrate the brand new opening of the shop, if you use code NEWSHOP in checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off your order today. This deal will only be limited throughout the month of June. Sincerely guys, this merch really does mean a lot to me. Uh, the artists that made this stuff did an absolutely sensational job, especially uh, the ones I listed before, and Tipsy J Hearts for providing obviously the OG Mr. Moneybags design. And it also means a lot to me to give back to both the community and to the artists as well, with half of the profits going back to the artists that made the merch in the first place, and then for all the ones in the Pride Collection, all the profits that I make from that will go directly to charities such as Lambda Literary and the Trans Lifeline. So any love and support that you can show with this podcast, any merch that you guys buy uh, to really help get the name out there more and to really help grow this community more, you'll know how much it would mean the world to me if you go to the merch shop today. Check the link in the description below or go to post-modern-art-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. Just go to the link in the description below. It'll be so much easier. Hello, everyone, and welcome. To the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wanting the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and for today's episode, well, 
why don't we just head over to the bar, have a seat, and enjoy a quality conversation with a very close friend to this community, shall we? Today's guest is Too Much Sasha, a V-Speak battle mage straight from Chernobyl, taking care of anomalies while showcasing a love for the horror genre, music, and so much more. Like I said, Sasha is a very close friend to me and someone that's honestly an inspiration for me with how I carry myself, with how she's able to carry her community and present a good vibe no matter what the situation. Plus, obviously, with the love of music that we both share and such, I knew it was only a matter of time before I brought her on the podcast. And I'm so glad I was able to, considering the conversation that you have ahead of you, one of the best conversations I've had on this podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, make sure you support Sasha with the links down in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff and I absolutely love it. And, you know, if for whatever reason you skipped out on the intro bit, um, allow me to reiterate that, hey, we have a brand new merch shop that opened thanks to Fourth Wall with a couple new pieces of merch that you can order today. And look, if all you want is a calm, cool, casual place to where you can meet some of the incredible people that have appeared on this podcast, get an opportunity to grow as a community, share your art and all sorts of stuff like that, well, why don't you consider joining our Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary? Like I said, we have developed an incredible community there that keeps on growing more and more, and I am so happy with what we have cultivated, and I sincerely think you should be a part of that today, so check the link in the description below to find that invite link. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. If that's where we're at then, um, I guess I'm pretty much like... I'm just kind of like chilling then, if because I got my I got my shit set up. Um, good, good I'm just kind of eating and vibing then. That that's that's a good vibe. That's a good mentality to have for a, a, what's going to be hopefully a nice, calm, cool, casual conversation to where we get to talk about the the stuff you've gotten to involve yourself in or whatnot in one aspect or another. <laughs> the art you've been able to to produce in one way or another. Just just, just uh, I'll be blunt with you. Like part of the conversation is gonna be us talking about music because why the fuck not? That that's. <laughs> Exactly. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! No, no, trust me. Like, I'm be real with you. Apologies again for how taken aback I was by it, because I didn't. One, I didn't expect to. I didn't expect it. Um, because I remember you saying at some point you you what is it you you were interested in telling other stories or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's fine, yo. Um, so I didn't. I didn't really expect to to be brought on. Um. Well, no, that's not the case, actually. Maybe that's the wrong... Am I wording it wrong? I feel maybe, like I'm wording it wrong. Maybe. I, I, I get where you're getting at. It's kind of one of those, like, because you had asked before, and I was kind of like, eh, at some point or whatnot, you didn't that yeah. to be so immediate, you know? Yeah, that, I guess that's the better way of saying it, yeah. Is I, I, didn't, I didn't really expect it to also be like that, like, just, like, fucking rolling it out like a punchline, like, <laughs> like, like, you did, like you said, it was like, Huh? <laughs> Sasha, because I was thinking what? about, I was literally thinking about, <laughs> I was literally thinking about this the other day because my brother had joked about me like with my transitions or whatnot uh, into stuff like over the weekend, and then like how I just transitioned from us joking around about jumping off a bridge. Would you jump with him? I'm like, if Post asked you to go on the Postmodern Art Podcast, would you join him? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> God. Get get a, get a picture get a picture of your character really really compressed and it just says would you go on his podcast for sixty five quadrillion dollars? 
I, 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 fucking I, I, out. I expect that meme to be produced sometime either after we get done with this or after this episode premieres. Um, <laughs> if I remember, sure. <laughs> All right, Sasha, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you yeah, have to go to go a desert island on your own accord. It's just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. Get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit with accommodations. You're not stranded on this island or whatnot. It's it's a vacation more or less. Um, okay, that's a big difference. Exactly. Uh, to help with whatever vibe you want to try to get on your own little paradise or whatnot, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you. Again, to help with whatever headspace you want on your little vacation. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Hmm. One piece of media? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a mad... That's a mad difficult question. Not gonna I, lie. That's I, a, that's I, that's not a fucking that's a fucking nuclear icebreaker, yo. That's I, I Jesus. Figured, I figured especially for you, knowing your wide range of love of just stuff in general, it's gonna be hard to narrow down one thing. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I mean, if I, I I'm I I feel like the worst thing you can do with these types of questions is just overthink. Right. So like, I'm beer with you. I'm gonna probably just ask for a copy of uh, "Nothing Is True and Everything Is Possible" by Enter Shikari. Okay, okay, you know what? That is a good answer. I'm not gonna lie. Like earlier today, just to kind of prep myself for this conversation, I listened to that album over again. And honestly, wait, really? Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> wait, over again? I showed you the spark. No, I, no, you showed me the spark, but then I listened to to that that album on my own accords like a few weeks back, and then I realized, and then for ah. this one, and then for like this one, I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me listen to it again. Uh which I mean, honestly, like it's still fucking good, still fucking holds up. Like it's still really a really good, well thought out like album, just from start to finish. I mean, I hope it'll hold up. It's only three years old. I mean, true, but let's be honest. Like, because the fact that came out in twenty twenty, a lot can fucking happen in three years, Sasha. <laughs> they they talked they talked about that actually, but we, I don't want to go too much into it at the moment. That's valid. That's valid. But I have to ask. Don't like, I, I I do want to say though. Just in general, like, why is that, like, the first option? Why is that the go-to option for you? I mean, I guess just at the moment, it's it's a piece of media that represents a wide range of emotions that I could sort of allow myself to really get into at any moment. If I wanted to really sort of explore being sad, I could point on a couple songs from it. If I wanted to explore optimism or being happy or anger, I could find any songs from that to just sort of allow myself to get into it. Music is important to me. I can't really pass any time without having some type of noise in my ears. And mm -hmm. it's an album I've gotten into recently. It's a band I've gotten into recently. And I guess overall, it's just like, it's just a great varied piece of art that could represent any sort of mood I would be in and would be a great way to amplify that mood. Um, and it, it represents a lot of how I want to see the world. So maybe if I was not in a great space, I could put that on and be like, hey, let's let's kind of shift my perspective a little bit all right you know what that's a good valid well thought out answer especially for one that i just kind of plopped in your lap just randomly um <laughs> but never all good nevertheless every uh right yeah remind me of the name i know the empires and everything is fine what was the first part of our life is what's the album name again just <laughs> nothing nothing is true and everything is possible okay nothing is true every and everything is possible that is your answer you're locking that in Yes. Then if that's the case, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland, a.k.a. Post. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PMAP. 
and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> she is a VTubing <laughs> battle maid straight from Chernobyl, taking care of anomalies while showcasing her love for horror and music. Welcome to the podcast, Too Much Sasha! Yeah! <laughs> wow. That's a, good that's a hell of an intro. There you go. That's, that's what I tried to do. That's what I tried to do. How are you doing today, Sasha? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm chilling. I'm having some green tea. I'm I'm vibing with a real homie right now, and I'm I'm honestly I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Now I'm getting the opportunity to actually record a podcast with you. Um, I know, like you said, you know, you're a true homie to me. I've, obviously, we've spent Lord knows how many hours at this point just chilling in Discord calls together or whatnot. But get yeah. get an opportunity to really like do a deep dive and just honestly let you just info dump as much as possible when it comes to this podcast <laughs> like this is i'm letting oh, you know right now, this is your opportunity to just unapologetically info dump if you want i am not going to stop you this is a long form podcast go crazy with it okay all right so, um if if we end up in a situation where i can i will that's wonderful and hope maybe maybe we can start that with the origin story of Sasha, because that's what I want to know first and foremost. What got you interested in art and just music, or, or art, music, just whatever you consider art in the first place? Ah, uh, that is a hell of a fucking question. I mean, mm -hmm. hey, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I've kind of always, I'm not really like an artist in terms of like visual art, or at least I was at one point, and I haven't really done much, you know, with it. You know, I was always drawing as a kid from as far back as I can remember. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really, you know, eventually it kind of like just started turning into me just drawing whatever I kind of wanted to. Um, but uh, it's, I almost feel like it's too broad of, broad of a question to really be able to sort of like sort out my own thoughts on. But I mean, can I can I start with music? Actually, can I talk yeah, about like music? That, that's what okay. I mean, that's why I would cool. love to start talking about with you. Okay. Um, I mean, with music, I I think, like, I, I as a kid, always really just kind of, like, being shown music, and it was really important to me. Funnily enough, uh, a song off an album we were just talking about is is a song that sort of touches a lot on that, how it was sort of, like, raised on a lot of classical music and shit. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked it a lot. I think one of the first songs I really thought to myself and said, I really like this, was um, Ode to Joy. Uh, that, that's a that's a pretty, pretty well-known track, but I liked it. Um, but it wasn't until like, you know, like elementary school where I started getting into video games that really started to show me a much wider range of music, you know, beyond just what my family was listening to, beyond what I was listening to on the radio. It was me really getting to sort of explore things. It was video games that got me into new metal, into, into drum and bass, into all sorts of different types of music. And I guess from there on and out, I just started sort of started exploring different types of music that I could find. And it was either just like looking up artists I already knew or just exploring from then outwards saying, oh, here's somebody that people are saying this band is like. I'm going to go check them out and see what I can find. And a lot of bands I've discovered through that are, are bands that I still listen to today and have have served to be really important companions in some of the most special moments of my life. Okay. Um, and I obviously sorry. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Right. Um. I did. I was making a lot more music for a while, you know. It was as I, I grew up playing a percussion in my school band, and um, eventually I, I started playing drums in a metal band with some friends, and unfortunately didn't pan out. Um, <laughs> was playing bass for a while, uh, and was also doing a lot of electronic music production, which I, you know, I still do. I, I've been making beats now, but um, 
I guess music is just kind of really, really important to me because it's just kind of the only way I can really make sense of things, whether they're my own thoughts or events around me. And sometimes I don't really kind of feel like I understand certain things that I experience until I listen to a song about it and I'm able to finally put thoughts that I have into words and say, oh, I can I can actualize this now. I can I can better understand things. That's just the, the simplest way of putting it, I suppose. <laughs> Well, honestly, like even for something that simple, I love just all the details that just kind of flew fl- that had just flown from that little response more than anything else. And trust me, I definitely want to delve a lot more into certain aspects of what you're talking about, like the music production and all that kind of stuff. But I just I want to go back to a point that made me just kind of like curious or whatnot more than anything else. You said that it was video games that more or less like awoken your like love for like what music could potentially be other than just what was being mm-hmm. shown to you or whatnot. What video games were you playing that like made that? like cultural awakening for you um so here's the thing you might have recognized this from when i went on pinch's ost episode and i kind of got my ass beat um because <laughs> hey, to, be, to, be I fair, didn't... To, to be fair you're not the only one that got your ass beat for appearing on ost so represent um... in this call too. <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey look all right i i up until drake went on i was the i was the person who basically had the highest score in the lightning round so make of that what you will yeah but, but, yeah, but drake's episode was like right after yours <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I got I my record did not stand for very long, but boy, was it a nice two weeks. It was a nice two weeks. Um, but anyways, so as, as you were saying, yes. So the the reason why is because growing up, I didn't really play a lot of games that most people consider to be games that like are super like classic. So you know, when when a lot of people talk about games they grew up on, you know, it's like Zelda, it's Mario, it's a lot of other titles like that. Right. With me. My dad was a race car driver. I grew up on racing video games, and a lot of racing games had licensed music soundtracks. So when you have other kids talking about a song from a video game from their childhood, it'll be like Dire Dire Docks or maybe the Water Temple from Zelda. With me, it's like, hey, here's Decadence by Disturbed. I heard it in Need for Speed Most Wanted, you know? (laughs) So... So I grew up playing a lot of games with with very, very wide um, licensed music. So it it tended to range around things like, uh, you know, breakbeat, uh, hip hop, metal, drum and bass and other electronic music. But that's still a pretty varied selection of music like like hip hop and metal and all that. It's it's crazy. You know, like like I I grew up I like people to like, hey, what's what's like a fucking video game menu song that's really recognizable to me? And I'm like, ooh ooh, get low by Lil Jon and the Yang Yang Twins. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's why it's it's just because I I grew up playing racing games and because they were primarily featuring like nothing but licensed music. The the video game music that I grew up with was was just tons and tons of music that you could hear on the radio or anywhere else. So it it really gave me so many different artists and names to look out for and and really get into and and some of them are even artists that are coming back today. It's crazy. Yeah, no no joke when it comes to that. Like you know, you, whenever you listen just like the different genres of music that are featured in the racing games. Like I played some of those games growing up as well. Like um, Burnout was like one of the big like Burnout Three. Mm-hmm. I should say that was like one of my first racing games I remember like playing or whatnot and. I, like just naming like the different genres it makes you think like why is there like this wide range of songs but yeah it works so well for like the circumstances of that racing game like it works so smoothly for like that racing mentality more than anything else yeah <laughs> was burnout 3 was that revenge or takedown uh i think that was let me google it yeah there you go i'm i'm pretty sure it's takedown something let me see here me ta- something tell me, tells me it was takedown 
that was not the one I grew up with then. Okay. Um, I grew up with Burnout, uh, Burnout Revenge. Okay. I think Revenge, didn't Revenge come after? I don't know. Either way. Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. Wow. I somehow was right. Anyways, back to what I was saying. And, uh, oh, and also I played a, what was it? Is it, I think it was just called Need for Speed 2. No, it was, it was Need for Speed something 2. It was a second. It Hot Pursuit a, 2. Hot Pursuit 2. It was, was Hot Pursuit other, 2. That, that hey, was the you know who one. else grew up on that game? You. <laughs> Me, me. <laughs> hey, uh, look, there there are some bangers in that game, okay? There really is. No, I'm not denying build, that. Build Your Cages by Pulse Ultra. Absolute fucking classic. There you go. There you go. But that going back to, obviously, the original point when it came to, like, the music or whatnot, like, I imagine, like, just growing up around that kind of stuff, especially, like, the exposure when it came to, like, the video games as well, like, that yeah. had to be something that, like, obviously, as you said, it really culturally enriched you more than anything else. When did it go from this, like, just general love for music and such to a passion and potentially wanting to make it your career? I don't really remember when. Um, <laughs> I, I, as a kid, always had trouble figuring out what I wanted to do, and now here I am, 26 i still don't know what the fuck i want to do i mean this is the closest i've got you know um but i i don't know i guess i guess a big part of it was just kind of like hanging out with people who did want to make music and i mean i got put into school band because my mom thought i wasn't doing anything else with my life outside of classes and video games so i i was sort of technically just kind of like thrust into technically making music because of that but then i started hanging around with a like okay I guess I think I think I figured it out. Okay. It goes it goes back to somebody I met in summer camp who I think actually uh, does music for uh, cruise ships now. Oh. Um, he he performs on cruise ships from or at least that's what he told me. Um, but he's somebody I met back in like in between uh, elementary school and, and middle school in a summer camp, and I ended up actually seeing him at middle school after that, and I was like, "Holy fuck, you're here, dude! This is awesome!" <laughs> and we started hanging out, and we were basically like the the closest goddamn friends for a lot of middle school until some weird shit kind of like had us. We we kind of started to grow apart throughout high school as our tastes sort of started to differ, um, and that was okay. And a big part of it was also because I was kind of an insufferable prick in high school. But, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who can't really... There's not really a lot of people who can't uh, relate to that. But he was also kind of the first person to make me realize that metal was a music genre that I liked. He was, like, your stereotypical metalhead who was, like, walking around in, like, Guns N' Roses and Metallica t-shirts and shit. Um, I, one of my first times I hung out with somebody who I didn't go to elementary school with was me going over to his place, and he played me a fucking, you know, his vinyl copy of Master of Puppets. Dude oh, was, damn. like, 13, he had a fucking vinyl copy of Master of Puppets and <laughs> Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I've never listened to music like this. I was I was so used to like Static X and Disturbed and new metal and shit, right? And learning where the music that I was getting into was coming from, it was really cool to me. And then he was like, "Hey, you know, I have a I want to start making music too." And he showed me that he was like playing guitar and covering Metallica songs on it. And I kind of wanted to join in on drums. I was a terrible drummer, uh, but it was fun to hang out with people who were making music. And I thought to myself, "This is." This is kind of, I like this. It wasn't even just because of, like, music to make music. I think, to answer your question as concisely as I can, mm -hmm. I think the reason I gravitate to it isn't, it's not just because of music as music. It's because of the effect that it has on people. Right. And and the reason I wanted to make music was because it was like, this is amazing, personally, to to be able to move people into into a big sort of crowd and just affect everybody together and have this amazing time and 
and nobody gives a shit about anything. We're all just stage diving and cheering and, and fucking moshing or whatever. And even when you're a band, that sense of cohesion with other people. And yeah, it obviously has a lot of low points, but it's still a very fun thing to explore and, and to sort of like just be a part of that. Yeah. And I do kind of... I do kind of wish I took it more seriously when that was the case. I think I would have had a lot of fun doing it if I was still doing it today, but a lot of that is just tied down to forces we can't really change, and yeah. what point is there in being upset about that? That's true, but it's not like you went through that entire experience like not having even a lick of fun when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like Obviously, from what I can Absolutely. tell, like, it sounds like, like it was truly a way for you to like really get to express yourself more than anything else, like truly get to like feel comfortable with yourself more than anything else. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I imagine especially like really being in it, being able to perform it, especially having like that group mentality or whatnot, like how much of that, like when it comes to just music as a whole, like really helps you get to truly express yourself. Exactly. I'll oh, hold up. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta put some honey in my tea real quick. Um, that, that's a really good point too, is that like, with, I don't think there's another, like obviously all forms of art and expression are inherently different from each other. Mm -hmm. That's the point of the subjectivity of experiences in art. You know, like it's not really much of a take. If I say, yeah, if you, if you make digital art, you're not really affecting people the same way music does, but like, that's not a, a mark against either. You know, right. it's a very obvious point to make, but even when it comes to like any other, I can't think of anything else that really creates the sort of experience that live music does. Like, even when I wasn't going to shows, when I was sitting down in my home and watching like recently, like as in like the last couple of years, sitting down at my computer and watching footage of Kublai Khan TX play live, I'm like, holy fuck, music is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just there. there it really is hard to describe without going on like a myriad of tangents because of just the nature of, of discussion of art, especially art that works like this. But the whole thing of like, you know, you go to a live show and it's it's more than just like standing around and listening to a band and getting to hear the music live. It's you're with dozens and sometimes hundreds of other people who love the music just as you do. And the way everybody relates to it is different. But the way you respond to it physically can be very much similar, you know, mm -hmm. granted. Granted, when I talk about like about it like that, most people just think about shit like, oh, you know, I went to go see my favorite band and we all got really emotional with the lyrics. And I think about it now, it's like, oh, here's 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 my favorite live experience is going to see my friend's local band live and having somebody sucker punch me a bunch of times when I was at the edge of the pit, you know? I mean, <laughs> fucking just still, the violence. Still emotional, just two different kinds of emotion, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Most people think of happy emotions, and for me, it's fear. But that's the fun of it. <laughs> God. Well, I was gonna say, like, I know, like, a, a way that I, I could, I certainly can feel this on a different level. Although I haven't gone to many like personal live experiences or whatnot. Like, Sasha, do you remember a while back whenever I showed you that Tyler the Creator Lollapalooza 2022 set and like the way and that, we were singing along to it and everything. We were singing along to it, and, like we were just getting like amp with the crowd. We were getting emotional with the crowd and such. Like it, it was that it. it even though that we weren't in that crowd of hundreds, if not thousands of people getting to experience that live, we still had like a fucking incredible experience just experiencing that like live. Exactly. It's, it's like live energy is so, so stupidly different from, from seeing a band or like hearing a band. And it's, it's a, it's a major difference. I, I actually recently was going to go see a, a band that I really like, um, or got into really recently. Mm -hmm. Um, 
with a, a mutual friend of ours um, who I will not name uh, because, you know, just for location reasons. But yep. I ended I ended up actually having to kind of duck out of it because I was like, hey, listen, man, I'm going to with you. This is going to be the first time I'll have ever hung out with you. And considering my how I relate to this band's lyrics, I do not want the first time I hang out with you to be me as an inconsolable sobbing mess. So, like, maybe it's best if we go see something a little bit more lighthearted, like Death Grips or something. There you go. God. Unless unless they play on GP. In that case, maybe not. <laughs> Fuck. God. I mean, I mean, regardless, at the end of the day, like, just that, that live experience, I can see why, especially, like, as you're really getting into music, um like how you want to be involved with that in one way or another. I know obviously you talked a little bit about, you know, being a part of a band, you know, when it came to the, you know, metal drummers or whatnot. But another way that I imagine you probably got to be able to have a taste of that was whenever you decided to also be a music producer yourself. Now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering how did you make that transition uh, uh, for that alone? Like how did you decide to go from like, you know, playing in the band to like being one of the people to actually like produce the beats for either yourself or you know, others? Um, that kind of comes back to the video game music background, because again, I grew up on Need for Speed, Most Wanted, and Midnight Club 3. Both of them prominently featured a soundtrack of drum and bass music. Mm -hmm. For most of my life, and honestly still today, drum and bass is one of my favorite music genres of all fucking time. It is an amazing genre that is so stupidly varied in the different types of styles that it can have. Um, it's culturally significant. It, like a lot of other really good music genres, is it has a has a rich tapestry of history in black culture as well, mm-hmm. um, much like house music, dub, reggae, etc. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's a fantastic genre, and I, I got into it, and I I always I love the the fast paced, hard hitting percussion. I love the really complex modulation on the synths with the neuro bases and all that shit. I loved it. And and from a from a really early age I wanted to make music like that and I had no idea how it was made. I had no idea how electronic music was produced. Um and and I think the first time I tried making something like that was when I got my fucking laptop at school and I, I tried to use GarageBand to make something. It was it was unlistenable, but <laughs> it was a it was a step. Um and I, I first started really getting into it when I got a copy of Reason, which is a, a music production software that is made to uh, visually and and mechanically emulate working with real hardware racks, like real, real synths and shit, um, with the knobs and the dials and everything being as realistic as they can. Um, and I got into that, and I, I had a lot of fun making it. This was, like, around the same time I was, like, sort of getting into a friend's band, so very, very similar times. Um, so I would be, you know, like, trying to practice drums or bass on one hand, and then on the other, I was, you know, in my room working on music and shit. Um, and... A lot of it was just me kind of like taking template songs and making my own tracks out of it or working with, you know, synth presets and and shit like that. Um, and and that continued for a while. But I think this is this is going to be I, I'm, I'm interested to hear to hear your reaction to this. Okay. But when I started really kind of like figuring out where I wanted to go with music, it was when I started getting into dubstep <clears throat> and that was. Obviously, that was my fate was sealed as soon as I heard fucking, you know, my name is Skrillex for the first time or, or Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. And I was like, wow, this is it's like it's like the heaviness of metal music, but in like a completely different sense. It's more more in tune with like elements of music like drum and bass or industrial than it is with with metal or, or, or with like conventional EDM. Um, and, and, and the sound of that was incredible and, and not for nothing, but Skrillex's base on Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites was heavily inspired by him trying to emulate the sound of Noisia, a drum and bass group from, uh, from the, uh, the Netherlands. Um, 
So I, I started wanting to make my own bro step and shit like that. And that continued for a while as well. Um, but okay. Can I, can I, can I talk about a, about a music genre that is, I think you're going to raise your eyebrow to, because this is, this is like when I, I think I, I said it before earlier, but I think like when I really started to get confident about my own music was when I was making this, okay. um, was a genre colloquially known as death step. Okay. So you have, you have, you, I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Go on. Death step is a music genre that originated in, I think a lot of Europe, a lot of Europe and sometimes the USA. It's heavily based on gore step, which itself is a, an offshoot of dubstep and bro step that was primarily, um, uh, what's the word? Pioneered by Israeli artists like Shekel and Borgor. Okay. Um, but the whole idea was that death step was taking a lot of influence from genres like death metal and black metal and deathcore. Um, so you would have like a lot of your cheesy old horror movie samples, resonant snare drums that wouldn't sound too out of place on Saint Anger, and and <clears throat> angry, angry, you know, amplified uh, mid-range basses that basically sounded like white noise. Um, okay. It was a weird genre to be a part of, but I, I got into it from a lot of artists like Getter or Trampa or Trollface, and I, I loved, because here's the thing. The thing that always was trouble for me with music was music theory. I wasn't good at music theory. I had no idea how to how to how to do that, and I still don't. I make beats and I don't know how to. I don't know what music theory is, you know. Um, and and dubstep was a music genre where you could play around with atonality. You didn't have to worry too much about having a super emotional melody or whatever. You could just make something that hit hard and it was good enough. You know, and and I loved I loved a lot of the elements of it. Like a lot of artists would have like a little white noise reverse go right into the snare drum, and and every snare drum downbeat sounded like you were being hit over the head with something, and it was so fucking cool. Um, and I, I made a lot of songs like that, and it was it was so much fucking fun. And that was that was kind of like when I realized that that like music production was something I was really really having a good time with. You know, it was like just sitting down and making something that you could really headbang to, and I fucked with that. Yeah, uh, it sounds like, it sounds uh, like something you just fuck with more than anything else. Like, like I I have never heard of this genre before, but I'm intrigued to just at least like see how the vibe is because I can only imagine whether it be like the personal like while you're producing it or whatnot, finding that like moment where it really hits hard. And I don't know if you ever had an opportunity to, but I can only imagine like a live setting, like really. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine like whenever it hits just right, feeling the energy of the room just fucking explode when the moment is. Just just Absolutely. right i can only imagine how intense that has to be well i will send you some artists but the unfortunate thing is that death step as a genre kind of fell apart after the mid 2010s mm. i got into it, it it had some time to really uh develop um because it was actually primarily pioneered by an artist known as Bratkilla, who started working on a lot okay. of drum and bass he he also does techno and stuff now. It's really cool. I, I love him. Um, but he, he started as just an idea of making a synth that sounded like a metal guitar and making all these stupid heavy tracks that were kind of silly and, and tongue-in-cheek about it. Um, but then, you know, an entire culture started around it, and you had all these Russian artists aping other people. There was Mantis. They took a lot of influence from Deathcore, and they actually remixed tracks from, like, Linkin Park and Suicide Silence and shit. Okay. Um, 
it was a weird culture. Uh, but it, it, what ended up happening was it got killed by another genre, sort of like how 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 new metal got killed by some other music and shit. Dubstep died because most of its artists turned into making another type of of dubstep, which was known as rhythm for a while. There, there's a whole fucking thing about that, and I don't want to get into it because it would be it would take way too long. But but people argue over what's the correct name for it or what's what to call it, and it's it's stupid culture war nonsense. But it, it was basically just like. It, I think what killed Deathstep was just that it got, like, too overblown and silly and stupid and none of it could be taken seriously. Okay. And people were like, how about how about we scale back heavy dubstep? How about we see how how well we can make, like, how, how heavy we can make a song without worrying about it being so, like, overblown? Just make it more minimalistic. How about a fucking four-on-the-floor beat? We stick to just this cool, wonky sort of wobble sound. And we just keep it sounding nice and chill. Like you can go to a club and you can fucking head bob to it, and it, it sounds like the murkiest shit in the world. It's like it's like the, the, the fucking old like 2010s rhythm made by artists like Subfiltronic and shit. It was like you you can smell the fucking like rave rain coming down when you listen to that shit. You know, it's like it's so fucking nasty. I love it. Um, I, I can only imagine for right now. Definitely send me some of the those those artists or songs my way because I'm definitely I definitely want to get that like vibe more than anything else. It just sounds like absolutely. I but and oh go on. Nah, sorry, but um, I to to tie it back, I did end up seeing a lot of artists live. I did get into seeing a lot of like live bro step producers and 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 rhythm ended up undergoing like rhythm ended up getting co opted by the mainstream and became like its own like uh, uh, its own like heavier and more overblown sound again because time is a flat circle. But <laughs> I did see a lot of artists live, and when I tell you that mosh pits in dubstep concerts are some of the wildest shit. You have no idea, bro. It was fucking crazy, right? <laughs> like seeing seeing Funtcase and Cookie Monster live was one of the most memorable live experiences I've ever had. It was out of this fucking world. I I just based on the names alone, I can tell that sound that's <laughs> gonna be something completely different than any other like live experience. But I, I I love like how passionate you're getting when it comes to just like the music in general that we talked about, whether it's the stuff you're actually producing or like the stuff you're personally into, like whether it be, you know, obviously the, the death stuff that you were talking about, you know, other genres like new metal. You're probably one of the biggest new metal fans <laughs> that I know about. Um, <laughs> oh, you flatter me. <laughs> I, I just want to ask about that here just real quickly. Like what got you interested in new metal? Just, just as a little offshoot, like super duper quickly. What got you interested in that in the first place? The Need for Speed games. Okay, you know what? Valid. Understandable. The Need for Speed games. <laughs> That's right, because they with all the different genres or whatnot. Like it was that. Mm -hmm. Also, hip hop as well. You know, with yeah, mm -hmm. uh, rap and hip hop just in general and such. Like, I I want to know at least like your opinion of it. I mean, I know for you it really means a lot, but how would you consider like more or less like the power of music just in general? Like obviously, like just talking about like the experiences that you've had in it, whether it be you know being exposed to it with like video games or like friends and stuff like that to being in it and experiencing or whatnot. Like in your opinion, like how, how important is music for you? How important is it for you just as an expression of art in general? Like how is the power of music period? Without wishing to be too extreme. I don't, I don't think it would be too outlandish to say that music is the reason I'm here. Okay. Okay. It is, it is such an impossibly, powerful force for good for social change for personal expression and for for expression through the world it is it is a great way to to gain a, be a better understanding of yourself and people around you a lot of a lot of crazy things have come through music and i i think a lot of times we forget about that 
that it's it's just like it's it's almost hard to truncate because it's like damn where do you even start with the power that music has like fuck dude just like look at so many social mu- movements that are are based around music because of that you know like look at the fucking just anything look at how different our world is because of the music that we listen to and because of how it changes us but, uh, for better but, or for worse but also in the same vein look at how music is able to help us like connect as well and help us like tr- you know make connections to people that we probably would never even thought about in the first place because you just happen to you happen to like tyler the creator as well or you happen to to enjoy you know lip biscuit one too many times or whatnot you know mm-hmm. like one i'll tell you this the person who is the reason that i'm vtubing who I've now known for, you know, like well over six years. Mm-hmm. I met it while while playing Overwatch and we bonded over music production, music mm-hmm. production and making EDM. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that and we will definitely divulge into some of the aspects of that or whatnot. But like just it, it's incredible obviously like how much music like means not just to you but for like obviously the world. And I imagine we're probably gonna divulge on that a little bit later just whenever I ask the one of the final questions. But I mean like I imagine for you in particular, you know, I imagine music is probably the best way for you to be able to like truly express yourself or to truly like comprehend like how you feel personally. I imagine that's like the best mm-hmm. outlet for you. Absolutely, absolutely and honestly being back at a job right now where most of my time is spent listening to music and, and just doing my job and not talking to people has has been the biggest example of that the biggest fucking example of that i mean you see my discord statuses or lyrics every single fucking day yep, you know it yeah, exactly <laughs> you know it because <laughs> uh, like i don't know i mean it's hard to just it's hard to say because i feel like a big part of it might just be the fact that i'm on hrt now so it changes how i relate to okay. things and how i feel and and sometimes that can make my emotions a little bit more of a little bit more potent but like I've I've related to music and and even looked at music I've already listened to before and seen new things in it recently that I never thought of before, you know? Like right. like for fuck's sake, I I sat down listening to a band that I've been listening to since like 2016 and and now a lot of music for them is so emotionally powerful it's hard to listen to them without kind of like sort of having to sit down and be like shit, dude. This is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, crazy. I was going to say honestly, like I had in a weird way, kind of the same thing with some of the music that I've both like listened ever since I've gotten to know you and like get to like truly experience music with you. I've gotten to experience that. It's mainly with like the older Tyler stuff because like, while I did enjoy it or whatnot. I didn't get a chance to truly appreciate it until I've like sat with you, like listening to Wolf over and over again and such like mm-hmm. truly get to appreciate it like I never really did before, you know? I'm I'm really happy I managed to recontextualize uh, your appreciation for music that is composed of 50% homophobic slur. <laughs> Jesus. You didn't have to word it like that, Sasha. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. But but I am glad that you're that you were able to sort of like I guess look at early Tyler music in a in a new light now and yeah. and appreciate it for not not just not just being the foundation but but you know being an an important step in evolution and 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 being a product of its time not necessarily in a bad way but but it's it's a snapshot yeah it's yeah. a cultural snapshot exactly. for better or worse exactly and speaking of cultural snapshots i imagine well again I, I well i was gonna say while i know music is obviously a major part for you and such and i mean like you said you know any chance you get you get to really enjoy yourself with music but obviously like you know especially when it comes to work you know whenever you get off of work you know i imagine you want to kick back and relax i know you know obviously something we kind of hinted at was like video games and such that has been like a major part for you from the beginning because that's 
because at this point, like music and video games are hand in hand with you, like more than anything yep. else. Like the fact that the video games influence some of the music tastes and such. How important, like, aside from just like that, but like, how important was it for you to have that exposure to video games, like especially early on? Stupidly important. Stupidly important. Uh, I I always had trouble being addicted to video games because of it. Um, <laughs> my my parents used to restrict my time playing video games each day to thirty minutes. I don't know how they expected me to do anything with that, but you know it was what it was. Right. Um, but God, I can't remember the first time I really like the first video game I played. I mean, obviously it was mostly like educational games for kids right, and shit right, like that. Right. But no, like like from from the from the first fucking time I. I ever really like played something because I I was a PC gamer first technically okay. um because I I didn't really get a console until I was in like midway through elementary school mm. um and I I grew up playing <laughs> the first the first non like non like jumpstart type game I grew up playing you know like the first like non jumpstart leapfrog type game I grew up playing you're gonna laugh at me a trucking simulator okay okay. A trucking simulator made made by Russians who went on to actually make American Truck Simulator. Oh, the irony in that. <laughs> the irony, yeah. Okay, but that that's where it started, technically. Okay, I imagine. I mean, obviously, it started there or whatnot. But obviously, one of the types of video games that I've seen you at least seem to latch onto more than some of the other ones, like I kind of just in the beginning, is the horror aspect horror video games and such. <laughs> oh, what, God. What is it about horror video games that just, like, gives you that dopamine rush more than anything else? Uh, horror as a genre is something I've always been very tenuous with because, as I've said before, I'm, in very, I'm a very easily scared person. Okay. Um, before I even started, I think, like, the closest thing to a horror game I remember, like, playing was I Spy Spooky Mansion Deluxe and being terrified because there's a part where you could hear like somebody walking outside the hallway when you're doing a puzzle and I used to rush my sister through that because I was worried if she took too long something would jump scare us or some shit like that alright <laughs> that was my Resident Evil was I Spy Spooky Mansion Deluxe I was out there in the fucking trenches being shit scared of that okay we all come from humble beginnings and mine are truly the humblest you know which, which is such such an oxymoronic statement to say my, my beginnings are the humblest no but and even after that, I, I used to play flash games that were very horror inspired. There was a side scrolling shoot 'em up with zombies in it that always freaked me out. I used to I used to get very I used to get nightmares very easily. I would I would watch like TV shows. There was like a, a ghost hunting show for like kids that I used to watch that would give me nightmares and shit. And I, I wasn't really able to like sleep alone for a while because of that. Um horror was always something I didn't think I liked as a kid because I was so easily scared. I, I I hated the idea of being scared and I never liked it. I always wanted to to either feel like I had some modicum of power or to feel happy or safe or something. So it is interesting that I grew up to be a person who, you know, spends at least three nights a week playing something that probably a lot of people will look at and be like, what the fuck? Why would you play this? That's either terrifying or insanely stressful. What happened? When when did this change happen? Fuck it. I actually really don't know. I really don't know. It just kind of happened like this. Okay. It just kind of happened like this. I mean, um, I mean, valid. I, I was going to at least make a, a good guesstimation. And I figure considering probably your favorite horror video game is probably the a moment to where it kind of changed or whatnot and correct me if i'm wrong resident evil 2 <laughs> are am i talking to like the right post did i get like mandela affected or some shit 
No, of course, no, no. Oh wait, this is a bit. This is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit. No, the, the stalker. That was to say the stalker games. Now, that that's obviously like the mm-hmm. ones that you're more of like known for more than anything else. Like, what was it about the stalker games that like drove you to that and like made you want to cling onto that like as like your favorites? It's interesting because stalker as as a game represents like an interesting hyperfixation that has existed before I've started playing the stalker games actually um I always had a weird fixation with nuclear disasters as a kid and I have no idea when this happened but okay. it got to the point where I wanted like a hot wheels set that that featured like a ruined nuclear plant with like cracked cooling towers and everything and my dad who who ended up who also was a, a major greenpeace activist did not want me having that and he would always give me excuses as to why and and I don't know, it, it just was a weird thing. I was always really interested in the idea of that. I didn't really grasp the horror of, of, of radiation and, and radioactive disasters for until, you know, I was like, at least in my teens. But like, for some reason, I was always hyper fixated on that. And I had a weird sort of like, like, like Chernobyl seemed really interesting to me, even when I was a kid. And, and, and as a kid who, who is technically like Russian, who was born in Russia and adopted and brought here as, as, uh, after, you know, when I was like two or so, like it, it, what made Chernobyl interesting was because, you know, obviously my parents were always trying to teach me about like, uh, my parents were kind of very anti-nuclear power for a while. Um, so, so first off you, you know, have like the ingredient one where it's like, uh, a sort of like nuclear power being presented as a sort of like topical forbidden fruit when it comes to things like that. Like it's something that you're not really like your parents kind of constantly try to shy you away from. But like because of that, you get interested in it more. And then you've got a place like Chernobyl, which is kind of close to home for me a little bit literally. Um, so because of that, I was always interested in Chernobyl and I thought it was a really cool thing. But until, I, you know, obviously as a kid, I didn't really get to explore that very much because of it. Um, and I remember what started my what started me really thinking it was cool was uh, ironically also when i first got into first person shooters okay. when i i took my laptop home after getting a thumb drive from a friend you know spending a little bit of money to get an a, a fucking 8 gigabyte flash drive going up to somebody i didn't know on the bus and saying hey homie can you pass me a copy of cod 4 uh, and i took it go. home Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll have you know, I played through many of its levels listening to Static X and Rage Against the Machine, so I've changed very little. But <laughs> And I remember, partially it was because the wineskin copy of the game was broken, and this was the last level you could play or else it would crash every time you tried to open it. But a little level in it called All Gillied Up, featuring yeah. you and, and, your, and your commanding officer in ghillie suits sneaking through Chernobyl and avoiding this, like, this like sort of like rising separatist army within within Russia's government ranks who are attempting to make a deal with with some sort of shady organization to buy spent fuel rods from Chernobyl for some type of nefarious purpose and you're there to assassinate like a high value target mm-hmm. and that that game that whole mission holy fuck like listen all right i know you're going to raise an eyebrow when i say this and people who like me are going to raise an eyebrow when i say this that game is my favorite depiction of Chernobyl in a video game. No, More than it. Stalker. Uh, I was it's, saying, okay, see, when you ha- put it in comparison to Stalker, considering fact how much you've played Stalker, okay, interesting. But I was going to say, like, just on its own, like, isolated, like, as, you know, a Chernobyl experience, more or less, oddly worded like that or whatnot, it does a good job. <laughs> it sincerely does. It really does. It's it's like obviously it doesn't really get into things like mutants and and radiation because in reality those aren't really too big of a problem 
for that area anymore. Um, unless you count like the big boars that people on the border of Belgium have had to constantly shoot down every time they come across. But I guess it was just the color grading. It was the the overall presentation, the music being so oppressive and, and atmospheric. I will never, ever forget the moment where I had to lie down in the grass and I just see the screen shake and all of a sudden like fucking hundreds of dudes and tanks roll past me and I had to stand completely still and act like I wasn't there. Yes. And it was like that was the first time I realized that like as as like a kid who had who had grown outside of, you know, like being like a child as, a, as like an adolescent teen realizing the power that games had to invoke an emotion and this sense of tension in you. It was fucking incredible. There's there's really I, it's a big part of why I will always be a fan of Call of Duty games is because when they do it right, they do it right. So I was to say, Sasha, it's, it's, it's it's so funny that you're like bringing up all this kind of stuff when it comes to Call of Duty because I also grew up with Call of Duty as well. Like I used to love like all the Black Ops games and stuff like that. And whenever you're talking about that that Chernobyl scene, like I I still remember uh, like the the tension that that had more than anything else. Like you know yeah the, the whole entire you can. <laughs> You could take them out, or you could let them pass. The decisions up to you, or whatever. yeah, like yeah. That, that whole entire thing. And you know, thinking back to it, it's ironic how like <laughs> we're we're finding this common connection with Call of Duty. But also, if I remember correctly, the first time I hopped on one of your streams was for a Call of Duty stream. <laughs> it was Call of Duty Four. I got, exactly. I got suspended on Twitter for a week exactly. for suggesting that Will Smith sucker punch somebody when he comes back to the to the to the fucking Grammys or not the Grammys Oscars. the the Oscars. I always get them mixed up because I don't watch either of them. That but yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't say he should I didn't say somebody in particular. I said verbatim, Will Smith should sucker punch someone when he comes back. And I got hit. And I'm like, well, I don't have a Twitter and the only way I communicate with my followers is fucking through Twitch streams. Hey, anybody in this call wanna be with me on for a stream? And you were like, sure. And I was like, wait, like post like dead ass <laughs> and you were like yeah and i'm like fuck it let's play cod 4 and i just played through the fucking campaign and everything and we just talked about tyler the creator and yep. shit and it was a fucking blast I it was I, so good i still remember that stream very fondly but going back to obviously the original point that we were talking about like okay so <clears throat> that call of duty had a good representation representation of chernobyl so how did that more or less lead you again to leaning towards stalker the series um Honestly, it was pure chance. Okay. It was pure chance. Um, I didn't really think about anything else. You know, like I, I played that game and I, I loved it and I loved the Chernobyl level and I loved that they called back to it in Modern Warfare 2 or whatever, but that was like kind of it, you know? Um, so then um, I'm in my room at one point um, and I'm just chilling out and I'm on Steam and I'm a broke ass kid, so I don't really have money for games. Uh, the only way I was really playing video games was torrenting them. Uh, and I'm on Steam and Steam gives me a suggestion when I'm looking at something. And it says, hey, Sasha, here's the game we might think you like. And I'm like, Stalker? Shadow of Chernobyl? What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, hold on a second. Open world, first-person shooter with RPG elements and survival horror gameplay in Chernobyl. Featuring, like, like mutants and, and like, in-depth, like, radiation mechanics and shit. This is the greatest fucking game I've ever seen. Why haven't I heard of this before? <laughs> and... The first thing I did was I torrented a copy. It took a it took a few tries, but I was hooked on it. Yep. I was hooked on it. I thought it was amazing. I was like, this is so stupidly cool. Why isn't this like? Why don't more people talk about this game? Why don't I see people like 
like any any other audience talking about this and it pissed me off because the first thing i see i go into like like fucking you know videos of gameplay of it as people comparing it to fallout and it's like uh... what's the point <laughs> what's the point of that just like god the first time I played Stalker, I, there, there's a memory that I had of it that I always talk about on stream because of how how important it was to playing it. You know, it was crazy. I I, I can only imagine, like especially, <laughs> it was that like the the heavens opened up, a shining light came down, this beautiful like game was like dropped in your lap. It was just just you just hear the heavenly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was crazy how it lined up. I mean, there's a little bit more to it if you would like me to share. I talked about it actually on stream last night, but I love sharing the story if I can. Go for it. Um, this, is, this is your platform. So, Go for it. Right. So I was hanging with a friend in elementary school, and my friend is telling me about he, he's giving he's giving me a fucking rundown of a scene he saw in, in a game around that time. I think it was like Alone in the Dark, mm -hmm. um, or whatever on the Xbox 360. Terrible fucking game. But he described a scenario to me, and I thought it was terrifying. I, I go home, and I go to sleep, and I have a dream where I wake up in this, like, tall, grassy field at sunset, and I'm walking around, and there's this big sort of metal, you know, like, uh, like cistern or tank or something, like a big metal cylinder, and there's a hatch in a, on it and a ladder on the side, and I climb up the ladder into it, and I open up the hatch, and I climb down, and I'm in this control room, lit by these, like, sickly green lights, and these control panels are, are very, very similar to what you would see either in a lot of stalkers' labs or in real-life power plants, and it is so weird, so fucking weird, that I had a dream that legitimately feels like it could have been something that happens in Stalker. Like, <laughs> like I was playing last night, and I went to an exact area that felt like it at that exact time of day just to show people. I was like, the thing I saw in my dream looked like this. It was exactly this time of day. I felt this, you know? Just like, it was so fucking weird to me. Like, like, who else can say that they got into their favorite game sometime after basically having a dream that has the exact type of aesthetic and atmosphere as that game? Like, it, it feels like it was just meant to fucking be. I don't think I can say that for any other game. I've never had dreams about any other game <laughs> like that. And, and what is even a dream about a game I was playing? It was a dream about something that I just thought up in my head, and I think... I, I feel like at least subconsciously a big part of that is why I latched on a stalker because it felt exactly like that. Well, there you go. See, you're having cool dreams about like the video games you want to play. I'm having dreams about being fired from my job, even though it's not the exact place that I work at. <laughs> Don't get too ahead of yourself. I'm having those two. <laughs> Fair enough. Understandable. Um, no, but like, I I'm so glad that you were able to find that and like latch onto it and like more or less like help you like really immerse yourself in like the horror genre more than anything else because obviously you were talking about like obviously the first person shooter aspect or whatnot but it's not like you know this is a a, a casual oh look there's the enemy shooter you know shoot them or whatnot like yeah for, especially with the one that you tend to gravitate towards stalker anomaly or whatnot there's all sorts of different like enemy types and like horror aspects that could be applied to that Mm -hmm. It's it's a very in-depth thing with a lot of systems, and it makes every combat situation extremely nerve-wracking. It's not just, oh, I gotta not die. It's, do I even have enough ammo to not die? If I get hit, do I have the right things to keep myself from bleeding out? It's It really amplifies that horror, because every single situation is, is such a life-or-death thing, and you're always worrying about little things like that. Exactly, exactly. Now, obviously, again, like, 
at seeing how much of an influence like video games had upon you, I can only imagine it was only a matter of time before, you know, we got to the point to where you are right now to where I'm sorry to break the immersion for everyone around me for a quick second, but I am talking to a VTubing battle maid right now. So yeah, I, I, I have to know at least in the first place, what got you interested in even the concept of streaming in the first place? Um, I didn't really think about it. I never really watched any streamers, save for, you know, occasionally when I would watch uh, Vine Sauce streamers. Okay. Um, I started off watching a lot of stuff from Vinny and Joel. Um, Joel's Windows Destruction streams were an absolutely integral companion for me during a really dark time in my life. So it's a part of why, you know, I'll sit down and I'll listen to Tarzan Boy by Baltimore, and it brings back a lot of bittersweet memories, and it feels really good. You know, I was like, hey... This is I, I think it's really nice that I was able to sort of feel better because of because of what you were doing as a streamer. I, I love Joel and I love Vinny and they're both a big part of, of, you know, sort of the culture that I take influence from as an online content creator. Um, but it kind of comes back again to when I met Spiral. Um, yep. It and its partner were kind of occasionally, you know, doing like they would occasionally stream. Both of them would occasionally stream the uh, game you know, that we were playing together, which was Overwatch, right. you know, um, its partner would be like, hey, I'm going to stream this. So you guys are cool. And we're like, sure, let's do it. Um, and I never really like I don't think we got anybody watching us, you know, but it was kind of cool. Um, and eventually I started trying to make like Overwatch videos. I have one called uh, what 10 trillion years on Hanzo looks like, um, <laughs> which is kind of a shit post. But we first I first started getting into streaming because I opened up a Twitch account back in 2018. Okay. And we started trying to do this thing called TF2 Fridays. Okay. We tried playing TF2 every Friday and streaming it. Um, it was not very good. I think at one point, uh, my friends pressured me into turning on my webcam and doing the stanky leg on stream. That was definitely a time. Um, <laughs> it was fucking wild. Okay, yeah. uh, we, we played a lot of MVM. We tried. We got annoyed at somebody who was being a dick to us. We tried to waste his time only to find out our time was in fact being wasted. Um I tried doing some Rainbow Six Siege and PUBG streams. Those also didn't pan out. Um, but I didn't start like streaming streaming until 2021, um, right when I built my brand new computer, uh, which I, I have affectionately named the Nostromo uh, <laughs> because that's what she looks like. And I built it and uh, a real life friend of mine who I who I've grown up with and known since middle school. Uh, we sat down and once a week we would come in and he would watch me play Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. Okay. Um, and and I had surprisingly a lot of South American and Central American uh, viewers who would come in and, and say hi and talk to us about it. Um, Interesting. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at the community that Stalker has in all sorts of corners of the globe. But I think the first stream that I did as that was like, this was pre-Sasha. Right. It was back when I still went as too much sus. Um, sus. <laughs> and I... And all of my all of my screens were VHS edits of Evangelion screenshots. Um, so the, the setting up screen was was Misato's fridge full of beer or whatever, and the BRB was her just drinking. It was it was fun. Um, but I think the first stream stream where I where I really kind of like was realized I was having fun with it was I had Spiral on and I was playing Hitman Two, okay. and most of it was just me walking around hitting people with a fish, and that was it. And it was still entertaining as hell. We had a blast just sharing stories and talking about stupid shit. And I was like, like, I don't I don't give a shit about like an audience. I give a shit about having fun. And it was like I was like, you know, a lot of people sometimes, you know, would have been like, hey, I'm not really getting anywhere with this. I'm going to stop. And with me, it was like, if, if people want to show up, they can show up. But I'm like, I'm doing this to hang out with the people I love. I'm doing this to play games I love. 
And that's it's always been in service of that for me. Um, and that that was kind of where I started streaming streaming was with, you know, IRL friends and with Spiral and just playing games we both liked. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up like both like all the different like varied video games right off the bat that you got to play with these friends or whatnot, but also like Spiral in general, because this next question I'm going to ask actually Spiral was the one that uh, inspired me to ask this question more or less like thinking to obviously like oh. you, you met Spiral and such like through Overwatch, you been able to cultivate an incredible audience in all sorts of different realms when it comes to stalkers. Um, the, the, the silly stream with like Hitman 2 or whatnot, like Spiral asked an interesting question that I think you could probably attest to, but like when thinking about like all these different varied video games or whatnot, like how important is it for you at least to think about like the power that video games have to like connect people at the end of the day? Like, cause again, like you talked about like five different video games, like so far, which some people consider like wildly different, but you've been able to to develop like an incredible community of so many people through that. Like, how important is that like power of the video games for you? It it really is incredible to think about like how they can bring people together. I think back to me playing Counter Strike Source in middle school and talking to people I'd never think about talking to in real life. You know, people I started to get to know by name, and we just chat about stupid shit. You know, and it was like, damn. It's it's crazy to think about that. The friends I made on Xbox Live, the friends I made on Steam, like the the fact that video games can bring together, like can make such unlikely friends, and you can make you can have some of the most special moments that you share with them is absolutely fucking incredible to me. That that's a thing, you know. I I think a lot of times we take it for granted, and especially with modern video game like industry and culture it's really easy to kind of like get all swept up in the whole like you know mindless matchmaking thing and you don't really think about that kind of thing but especially since you know me and spiral we both come from the era of of server browsers and games and always having your favorite server you'd hop onto and the people you would talk to there like that's a big part of why I think video games, we, we kind of take for granted how powerful they can be in bringing people together. And, you know, all it really takes is just meeting somebody in a video game and having a lot of fun with them. And with, before you know it, they're like somebody you're spending, you know, the better half of your life with. And you couldn't be happier about that, you know? I miss a lot of my Xbox Live friends. I miss them and I really hope they're doing well. But it's like, I'm still happy that I know them or that I knew them at some point, And I'm happy I got to share them moments I did with them. It's crazy. It really is. It, it it really is crazy, more or less. Like just especially thinking about that, and like as we were talking about with um, what was I gonna say? As like you know, especially like how those like saying people like no matter however point in the process or whatnot, like they can also like really help you grow more than anything else. So I imagine like the group of people you especially developed, especially when it comes to soccer stuff like that. I imagine they probably led to the Sasha that I'm talking to today, especially the VTubing aspect of it or whatnot. I'm curious. You mm-hmm. said you said that you there was an occasional time where you did like the webcam, but that was pre-Sasha. So I'm wondering when did we get current Sasha? When did we get the VTubing Sasha? What got you interested in the aspect of VTubing? Um, I'm gonna be real with you. Okay. For the longest time, I did not give a shit about VTubers. The only VTuber that I knew of was Kazuna I. I knew of her. And then I stopped watching her after a while because I moved on to something else. Um, I was never really, like, super into it. I didn't really understand the people who were, like, so idolizing her or whatever. It was like, haha, the funny 3D model make the funny haha video. That's cool. I'm gonna go watch Oni Plays now, you know? Um, <laughs> and eventually I started noticing that VTubers were kind of becoming, like, a big thing. And I, I remember seeing at one point, 
Spyro was talking about like VTubers who, at that point, I didn't know she was talking about indie VTubers because, and, and to me, all I knew about was like you know major agency VTubers. And I said something like, "Oh, there's a fucking VTuber bubble at this point." Um, <laughs> and being really cynical about it, I didn't fuck with any of it, and I didn't even know that there was this kind of culture. Okay. Um, but so here, here's here's the fucking here's the wild part. I was crying on my bathroom floor. And I hit up Spiral and I'm like, hey, homie, I, I like need to like, can I like hang out with you or something? I'm like really in the shit. And it was like, hey, um, I'm like hanging out in like Rocco Farin's server. And, and it had already told me about Rocco at that point. Uh, I was like, you know, you can you can hang with us if you want. I'm like, really? Is that is that OK? And Spiral was like, I mean, it's, it's like a public server. You can just hang out. And I'm like, OK. So I come in and I'm like. I'm like, I was like, okay, give me like 30 minutes. I gotta, I gotta like collect myself. So I get in and I'm like timid as fuck. I'm not really talking to people, but I can sort of like get the vibe that, you know, is happening there. It's a very like, people are kind of being silly, but it's not like too over the top. Everyone's just kind of having a good time. And it, I, I could sort of tell I was going to like being a part of this. I was going to like this. And even at that point, it was, it wasn't, it was for a couple of months after that, that I had stated, I was like, the VTubing stuff's cool. I don't think it's for me. I was like, I want the focus in my streams to be on the gameplay. I don't want to be someone who's like detracting from it with face cams or, or, or VTubing stuff or anything like that. I want to be, I want to have a very minimalistic approach to it. Um, and you know, everyone was like, that's valid as hell. Lots of people do that. Um, and I don't really know when I decided I wanted to try it. I don't really know when that happened, but at some point I was like, this looks fun. This looks fun. I kind of want to be a part of this. And before I knew it, I was on Twitter, and obviously I'd been following a lot of people who already drew a lot of like weird, like military or tactical anime stuff. I was like, let's find me an artist who who, who has an art style that I like, and from what I can tell, they are not an awful person, which is <laughs> unfortunately quite a difficult hunt. I can yeah, tell you that. I, I, and I, I like to. I I've been on Twitter for a little bit. I imagine that's a lot harder than anticipated. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And and I found one who who now goes by the name of Deathmaid. And when I talked to them, they actually stated they didn't really, you know, have uh, they didn't they didn't really know if they could do like the type of commission I was asking for. But I was like, how about this? I'll pass you, you know, like two hundred plus like a, a fucking twenty or like a twenty or twenty five percent tip. And they're like, that's cool. Let's do it. They ended up sending me way more like different like face variations than I even could have imagined that they would. Okay. Um, they they sent me a version with and without the glasses. Um, just for, just for the fuck of it. And I was like, well, I'm going to put this to use. And that's where the take off the glasses redeem came from. It was just, I've got that PNG. So why not make use of it? Um, and you remember my original, my original debut and everything and Mm -hmm. how how scuffed it was, but how fucking fun it was. And that's just kind of how it started was I, I, I knew spiral. It, it introduced me to Rocco and both of them played the biggest roles in me becoming a VTuber. They're both of them are why. That's why I'm here as Sasha, not just. That's just too much sus playing TF2 every Friday. <laughs> I, 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 met, I, I'm just going to say, of course, I imagine Among Us is the reason why you went from sus to Sasha. Yes, okay. I held out as long as I could. It wasn't until I was kicked from a killing floor lobby because of my name that I was like, this shit has to stop. Okay, <laughs> you know, what? understandable. But it also leads me to another question that I want to ask. Like, obviously, you know. As VTubers, as you could probably tell from the amount of VTubers we know, you could have represented yourself a wider range of different things and whatnot. Why did you specifically go with the battle mate to represent yourself? <laughs> oh, I love being asked this question. <laughs> um, 
A big part of it is just because I love made outfits. Okay. Back before I started transitioning, made outfits were always something I liked. I used to talk to some of my friends and I'd be like, yo, if we start a band, can I like play live in a made outfit or whatever? And they're like, sure, fuck it, do it, whatever. You know, I remember buying one off Amazon and it, it honestly like felt really... I was like, I fuck with this. I love this aesthetic. I love that made outfits can vary so much between culture to culture, but there's always that sort of like baseline aesthetic that you stick with. Um, and it wasn't until I started following a lot of like, you know, more tactical anime stuff that I noticed that like Maids with Guns is a surprisingly like uh, popular aesthetic and vibe for a lot of people. Um, a lot of games and anime do play on that. Um, I mean, Roberta from Black Lagoon obviously huge huge fucking pick um a lot of characters from girls frontline especially um and i was just like i don't know i eventually i started getting into airsoft and i i bought an out i bought like another made outfit and a tactical vest and i was like hey this is kind of fun fuck and and what ended up happening was i i was like i didn't really have the uh, the access to make a ref sheet or anything but when death made was like hey uh you know what are some good refs and i'm like so how about i cosplay as my character and I send you the and I send you any photo of any angle you would like. Is that does that work? You know. And I drew up a little rough sketch of what my one of my characters' actual face and head and hair to look like. Okay. And they were like, "Yeah, that works." So it was just like, I like shooter games and stuff. I I do like from an aesthetic point a lot of things that are I guess you know what's the word uh, adjacent to military or tactical cultures. But I don't like the cultures themselves. I just like the aesthetic. Right. And I like anime shit and maids. And then it was just like. How about I just smash some of my favorite things together? Is that good enough? Fuck it. Let's do it. And you know what? It's stuck. It's yeah. stuck. And here I am. I'll say it's God. Stuck. I'll say it's definitely stuck because I mean, like I said, here I am talking to I have to just admit an incredible model that I'm talking to right now when it comes to like a, a good representation of what too much Sasha can be. Um which Well, thank Yana for that. Yep, Yana uh, Many million applause when it comes to Yana. I mean, like even then, we love her. But I would say, like even then, like not just with the the battle maid, but just like your whole aesthetic as a whole. Sasha, like you are one of the VTubers I would easily consider having their aesthetic down to a T. You do a good job being able to represent yourself when it comes to the obviously the 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 model itself, the bar, you know, the the game G player, whatnot, like the humor. Like you do a great job representing yourself with every single stream you do. It's it's crazy you say that because I've thought a lot about how I could best sum it up and it's very difficult to truncate it. It's just kind of this weird amalgamation of things that I like and it at times it can be very anachronistic, but I I am very proud of of what I have and you know, I I've talked about it before but it's a big part of why I feel like I don't really get that imposter syndrome. I don't really get that wishing to be someone else feeling that I, you know, kind of see a lot. It's like I know that what I do is unique. I know that what I do is is special because it's it's me being as as fucking candidly me as I can. It's me wearing my favorite games and influences on my sleeve. Yep. And and sometimes it can it can feel like it's a little bit of a kitchen sink aesthetic, but because it's because it's me being as genuine as I can, I think that's a big part of why I feel so confident about it. Absolutely. It, it's it's Sasha Core to the fullest more than anything else with every single stream. <laughs> Oh, Sasha Core! I, I love, I love that that's even a thing in our in our friend groups and discussion. That 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 we people can look at something and be like, "That's Sasha Core," and even I look at it and I'm like, "Huh? What?" But it's funny. 
that's cool. I mean, and like just just within our friend group alone, like you know, we instantly can recognize a Sasha thing when we instantly recognize that more than anything else. Whether it be a Sasha core thing or a Sasha meme or whatnot or a Sasha ga- gaslighting session, like more than anything. Gosh. Else. Oh. <laughs> Shut up. Fuck off! Oh, fuck off! God, I'm never gonna live down the Seinfeld story. Fuck. Which, which, for those who haven't here, please indulge my audience in what the Seinfeld story is. All right. So for 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 post who who, okay. So the Seinfeld story, I'll truncate as best as I can. Me, Spiral, Rocco, I think, um, Kite VR, and a couple other people were doing a Monster Hunter Rise stream, and I what I what I've liked to do a lot is I will like to basically just like make up a story where first it obviously starts by sounding by either being based in truth or sounding pretty believable. And then I kind of just start to make it more and more ridiculous mm-hmm. and, and just to test how, how much people will believe. And if I get to a point where it's like, okay, I need to call it here. I basically just claim that the person in the story says it, that you will believe anything that I say, <laughs> which is fun. But what happened was we were, we got onto the topic of Seinfeld, I think, and it was like, I was like, oh, are there any Seinfeld actors that aren't horrible? And we talked about it or whatever, and we just kind of got onto the topic of why Jerry Seinfeld's kind of like a shithead. And I was like, you know, I, I saw Jerry Seinfeld live once, you know, I, I went to go, I traveled a good long time to just go see him in Brooklyn, and and uh, I actually met him outside of his uh, his venue, you know, I actually got to catch him while he was on his way out. And I was like, hey, Jerry, I'm a, I'm a big fan, can I like, can I get like your autograph, can I get like a selfie with you, dude? And then he smacked my phone out of my hand and he yelled, what's the deal with shitty fans? And and that was that ended up getting Rocco to just yell, did he actually? And I'm like, no. <laughs> uh. and, and that was that was it. It was just me making up a stupid fucking story. And I love making up stupid stories. I got Cinco with one recently. It's fun. It's it's hard to do. Yeah. But I, I just love just saying dumb shit. It's it's part of what I love about being a streamer is because I just do it all the time now. now it's fun. Exactly. That's the Seinfeld story. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I, I will always forever love that story or whatnot. And like I said, another thing that I love about you is just the memes that you're able to concoct or whatnot. You know, whether it be like some of the, <sighs> like, look, whether it be like some of the comics that you make or whatnot, or, you know, some of the, uh, oh, sorry, you might if I grab a, a quick snack here for a second. Um... Yeah, you know, it's just some of the, the the incredible stuff that you're able to. You're a just... motherfucker. <laughs> you're a motherfucker. You're a motherfucker. God, God, I'm never gonna live down the popcorners because of you fucks. I'm never gonna live it down. All right, I get it. The Breaking Bad commercial was funny. The popcorners are tasty. Let me live my life in peace, you fuckers. God. You know, you know, Sasha, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I, I just bought these recently. I didn't even think about like doing it as a bit until like last night. Thinking about it, I'm like, I have these popcorners. I could so do this. I could so do this. Oh god, dude. God, I'm I'm like better known for popcorners and pissy shitties now. I gotta fix this. I gotta change my fate. I gotta fix this. Hey, you know oh, what? Oh, it's in shambles. You know, honestly, a really good popcorn chip or whatnot, they're worse things to be known for. Alright? I'm about to say that personally. <laughs> oh god but like, uh, it's it's such a weird thing too but i was gonna say like i i have to imagine like especially like having these memes like within a community or whatnot like especially the community you've been able to build like sasha like i truly think you have one of like the coolest communities like just period just in general um uh you flatter me 
like how like are you impressed with more or less like the the community you've been able to build ever since you really started streaming especially whenever you started vtubing it would be difficult to say that i'm not i i i very much am I'm grateful for the platform that I have, and I'm grateful for the people I've been able to not only make memories with, but the people I've been able to have at least some degree of impact on. You know, the it's 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 wild to sit back and think about that, and it's 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 interesting. You know, I I, I think about all of our different communities together, and I I really do feel like what I have, or at least what I am building, is something special, mm. something truly special. I truly think it's special more than anything, especially like the the good close friend groups that we've been able to to have more or less like cross pollinate like among the different like groups or whatnot, you know, different experiences. And stuff. Yeah, being able to do stuff like you know, being able to appear on a, like game shows that you know people are producing or whatnot, or like yeah, or, or like producing a podcast together, like what we're doing right here, or Sewage Squad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about Sewage Squad. No, I want to talk about Sewage Squad because oh, Sasha. Oh God. Do, do you want to indulge the people on what this other podcast I might be talking about randomly about? So back with me and Spiral and a couple of our other friends, one uh, who I've had, two of the other ones I've also had on stream, one being named Albert and the other named Gib Butkins. Back when we were, you know, um, hanging out a lot more often back in 2017 and 2018, we had our our own little plans to have our own little podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, our, our creative direction... Uh, baffling. Our our actual uh, our actual production value non-existent. Our our level of professionalism completely non-existent. But we had fun, and the whole idea was we called it the Sewage Squad because it was it was supposed to be a reference to Suicide Squad, which was at that point coming out. And we we I made up a little mock-up image that was like I I could send it to you if you'd like. But it was a mock-up image of of Danny DeVito uh, in his fucking trash man getup with like the the fucking like you know neon like paint splatters in the background and everything. And we just sat down for an hour. Our first episode was just all of us talking about Overwatch. It was me recording the Discord call. It was back when I was screaming a lot in games, so my voice was always shot all the time. <laughs> I sounded like I sounded so different now. Like I don't even think it's like voice training or anything. I, my voice sounds a lot nicer. Back then, I always kind of sounded like this, and it was <laughs> fucked up. Um, but we just kind of talked about Overwatch and how much we hated the direction the game was going, and then it it was like. <laughs> We we wanted it to be the worst podcast on the internet. We wanted it to be the worst podcast on the internet. And I won't lie, a big part of it was that we we were very much kind of into the 2016 internet culture and, and you know, warts and all. And it was, I don't, to say warts and all feels reductive because I don't really think there was any space on that that wasn't warts. Good God. Um, so it was very abrasive and it was, but it was, you know, we, we had fun being ourselves and we were like, Tim, we got to do this again sometime. And then a year passed, <laughs> and and we did an episode two on the eve of my birthday, and you know we just kind of we ended up actually kind of writing down topics to talk about that were, you know, anytime one of us tried to segue into the next one, we'd all just lampshade and be like, "Wow, that's a cool segue," you know, and we'd be <laughs> like, "Well, fuck you! It doesn't make it a segue anymore if you fucking call it out," you know. We we, we got like this list of stupid topics. We got Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic, Johnny Test. I don't fucking know. Who cares? The <laughs> the intro, the intro for the second one, like the, for the first one, it was my homie Gib just trying to pretend to be the guy from Your Overwatch or whatever. For the second one, the music plays out, which for the time was um 
Kiss on Your Grave by Kanye West and Travis Scott. Oh, um, an insanely poorly aged song now for so many reasons. Oh, yeah. And it's Albert just going, hey, welcome to, uh, to Sewage. It's me, your best friend. And you could just hear me with like the most shot voice ever going, wow, give it up for Albert, fucking Buzzkill City. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was it, it was so unprofessional. The last like we get to forty five minutes and it's like, hey, we're we're still we're, you know we're not done yet. And Albert's like, fuck it, I'm tired. Can we just call it here? And I was like, I got an idea. How about the last fifteen minutes is a looping video of Squidward choking on a fork? <laughs> and we're like, fuck it, let's do it. Um, or no, I think initially they were like, uh, no. And I was like, please, it's my birthday. <laughs> it was. It was a it was a fucking mess, but it was a fun thing to do. Spiral still wants to bring it back. Spiral wants to revive it in some capacity, and I've kind of just always sort of responded with the usual like I'm I'm interested in that, but like all of us are so busy that we aren't really able to like bring that to fruition because we've got our own personal projects that kind of have to take priority. Um, but it, it was a fun little thing, and that's the Sewage Squad. That's your question. Are you happy now? <laughs> I, I, I am. Well, I'm happy that you answered that, but I'm also going to go ahead and say, hashtag bring back Sewage Squad. We need at least like one episode. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. Pastor, All right. All I, this video, hashtag bring back Sewage Squad. Let's get trending, people. Let's uh, go. <laughs> I, I know for a fact. I know for a fact that you guys and the rest of my friend group have a surprising ability to like get things trend or, or not like trending, <laughs> but the very least start hashtags because I was marveled at the fact that hashtag where is Sasha got anywhere. <laughs> and it, it was a genuinely wonderful thing to see. It was, it, it was. was wonderful to it, see. Especially when, like, like, especially when like you were like doing those teases for the, the re debut that you got going on, that you had going on again for the incredible model that we had or whatnot. But like, even then, like that leads me to obviously another interesting point, like some of the 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 video editing that you're able to do and like to to really like bring forth like almost a cinematic experience for you know <laughs> something as simple as a re debut. Like Sasha, I'm genuinely impressed with your editing skills just in general. I mean, I know from firsthand experience because I gladly commissioned you, you employed me yeah, yeah i gladly commissioned you to do a fun little edit for the skull hair studios episode which i cannot thank you enough <laughs> with how phenomenal that was god it was so much fun to work with you on that i had an absolute blast and by the time the whole thing was over and done with i i sat down and i looked at what i'd made and i was like god this is cool mm -hmm. this is cool fuck <laughs> It's so cool to actually like look at something you've made and say that to yourself. I know, right? It's it's so cool to see something that like I had like a like somewhat of a vision in my head on how I wanted it to go, but like what you did was so much better than whatever the fuck I envisioned. Like sincerely, I get like you did a phenomenal job with that. Like it, I, I'm I'm genuinely curious if you had an opportunity to do more stuff like that, would you hop on that that train and take and do that stuff? I'd be lying if I said it wouldn't be something I'd at least be interested in. I'm not really sure how I would go about that, you know, because um, right. I mean, w working with people on creative projects like that is not something I'm too, you know, unfamiliar with. I did do a, a, a soundtrack for a friend's indie short film, someone I don't talk to anymore for a variety of reasons, one of them being he didn't want to pay me. Uh, yeah, um, yep. But but like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. I, I would be, you know, I would at least maybe see about it, but... The, the problem is that, like, when it comes to creating things, I lose all drive once there's pressure to do it. And and it's like why, you know, it was it was a good thing that 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 episode ended up kind of being like postponed a couple of times because you came to me, you start sending me messages. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. What do I do? Shit. 
And, and and eventually it was like, okay, let's sit down and talk about how we're going to do this. Let's hash it out. Yeah. Let's be professionals. Let's let's come up with an abstract idea of how we're going to get this done and what you want it to be. And, and it, you know, I started, you know, I remember I was like screen sharing the video process. I was showing you the work in progress of the sound editing that I was doing. It was it was just kind of it really came to fruition. And I think communicating more with the people that I'm doing work for feels like the a way to make it feel less scary to me. Yeah. Um, and it helps. But as a person who is... Let's let's face it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people won't be surprised by this, but as a person who is always always worrying about how other people look at me, cre- doing work for other people that is creative is the biggest fucking anxiety uh, source ever, dude. Okay. Like holy fuck. Like I I get anxious when I show other people's music to my friends. How do you think <laughs> I feel when I show my music to my friends, dude? <laughs> You know how long it, when I first wanted to show you the fucking, what is it, like, uh, the first couple of bars I was working on for Charnel House, and I was like, I, I sat there fucking about to press the enter key, and I'm like, fuck, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I can only imagine, but I'm so glad you're able to overcome that, like, anxiety to show me that stuff, because, like, especially that, like, all the stuff you've been able to share with me, like, Sasha, I eat that shit up. I, I love it. <laughs> I'm happy you do. Um... But to, to answer your earlier question, because you were talking about, like, what is it, the, the video editing and stuff and how I do it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just break the immersion and say most of the video editing that I do is just kind of done with, like, stock plugins or, or like, video assets you can find anywhere on YouTube, you know? No, no, no. Um, trust me. As someone that used stock assets for some of the stuff when it comes to the podcast, again, hashtag bring back sewage squad. Um, <laughs> but like stock assets like that or whatnot, like, yeah, no, trust me. I totally get like, you know, sometimes just having that as a base, like can lead to a lot of creative opportunities when you're trying to tinker around with it and figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Cause, cause you, you talked about how the idea that you had in your head for a skull hair uh, collab was, you know, like a lot different than what ended up happening, but you were much more happy with what ended up happening. And I, I think I think a thing that like is important to reckon with and I'm happy that it, you know, I was able to sort of like be realistic with it or, or sort of, you know, take enough time and self-reflection to best reckon with it is that in order to create something you can truly be proud of, you need to be realistic about your vision. That's the way I always say it is that like you need to look at what you want to do and you have to look at what you can feasibly do with the skills that you have and and realizing, OK, maybe what I want to do isn't exactly what can work. So maybe let's just like start with what I know. And from there, you can work your way up, you know? Um, and I, I was giving the example of here's something cool. The redebut teasers, all of the Where is Sasha stuff. Yep. That was all going to I planned that to be live action a year ago. Oh, I wanted okay. that to be live action because, as you know, the current Sasha model you're seeing here is also based on a real outfit that I cosplay as. Okay. Um, I was planning on maybe seeing if I could get a friend or two roped in and record some cool little found footage videos of where you would just see, you know, like maybe uh, like somebody's body cam and a flashlight at night. And just as they lie on the ground, you can just kind of see my boots in the bottom, like the hem of my dress kind of walk past or something. Okay. Cool little things like that. Um, and obviously that wasn't feasible with what I had. And and what ended up happening was, you know, Faye was telling me that he really liked the cool little uh, stalker recording videos of me sort of just like doing world building and walking around. And I was like, huh, what if I what if that's what I went with? And then I, I realized that that was something that I knew that I could work with. And I said, OK, let's work with that. Then okay. let's let's tell a story wordlessly. 
or as wordlessly as I can, you know, let's tell a story with with like, you know, uh, like a 200 character word limit and like a two minute video limit and see how well I can do that. And I I'm proud of how it came out. I'm proud of everything that went into it. And I I'm happy that a lot of y'all seem to like it. And, and just be just like that. I'm proud of the work that I did for you on the skull hair video, because it was the same thing of like, here, here's what here's what I can do. Here's what we can do. Let's work within that. And, and find a way to really make something we can be proud of because the, the 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 most important thing is like it's not it's not just about creating something that blows everybody's minds but it's all about perspective it's about saying here's what I could do with what I had that's what makes it important yep yep now I, now I will say here's the here's the thing my expectations was that I was gonna be one editing it and it would just be like the bare minimum like the flashing of that little like static image that I, I showed oh, you or whatnot so the fact that you win added <laughs> your own like little sounds and stuff like that and did all the cool little yeah. edits and glitches or whatnot like that's why I fucking love so much about it is like you went above and beyond to like really make it like like I I think I took one point I said like I want the end of it to feel like Slenderman is right fucking behind you so the fact that you're able to like yeah. nail that vibe was exactly what I was hoping for and the same with the the way Whereas Sasha stuff like when it comes to the re-debut that you did, like you did a real, like a really phenomenal job. Like even if, if it was as simple as, you know, using the, the found footage stuff with, um, with stalker, but like finding the way to weave a narrative out of that, you know, whether it be just like, you know, simple, you know, exchanges that may have happened with, uh, like, you know, some of the local guards or whatnot, or like getting yeah. some of the people like Monty Moel and, uh, like, spiral and spiral, getting them involved to, to, provide some like dialogue to really provide some like content. yeah like you like i'm not joking when i say you knocked it out of the park with that debut like with the re-debut like you really did a phenomenal job really getting that vibe down just right i'm i'm really happy that you felt like that because a lot of it was just kind of me flying by the seat of my pants and just saying like this seems like a cool idea let's run with it you know um i i think honestly <clears throat> out of all of it the two things i'm most proud of were one um if I can share one was the, the part where I announced that I was going for a two week yes. break and it was like, okay, I think I know how to do this. I'm just going to make this cool little video where it's like, and I, like I told you a lot of what I did where there was, was working with um, things that I learned while working with you on the skull hair video mm-hmm. was like, okay, let's, I, I, I did the thing where it's like, first, before I bother with video editing, I'm going to put this thing into, into Ableton and I'm going to do all sorts of shit. I'm going to use like, you know, noise effects and, and, and just chop up the vocals and make it sound all fucked up. And then I'll base the video editing around that. I think it was the lesson that I learned in both cases. And it, it worked really well because once you, once you have your audio, once you understand how it can sound, I think basing what it looks like around how it sounds is the workflow that works best for me. And I had a lot of fun with the whole, like you have no idea post (laughs) what it felt like to be sitting there, to be sitting there at the end of my stream, knowing that all of my viewers thought it was just a regular outro where I was going to do my usual, Hey, you know, be good to yourselves. I love you guys. I hope to see you next time. You know, whatever spiel that I do. And then you start seeing the static fade in and you start seeing images of, of uh, a wooden cross, a wooden burial cross with my character's bow on it Mm. or shots of the Chernobyl core or, or all of this fucked up shit or, or little, little, like, you know, cool little text, uh, like, you know, text boxes and all that. And then just cuts to the cross with, with no music, 
no music, just the sound of the blowing wind and a fucking date on screen and seeing everybody in chat lose it. Seeing everybody post fucking emojis like, what the fuck is happening or whatever. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you guys got got. You guys got got. I felt so good, and I was so proud of myself for making a pre-recorded outro that genuinely felt convincing up until the moment where you could tell it wasn't. Yeah. No, Sasha, I was going to say, great. Like, I remember watching that last stream, like, live. Like, because uh, I, like, I, I lurk with your streams. I'll be honest with you. I lurk a good bit and stuff like that. So I remember, like, I forgot hmm. what I was doing and whatnot, but I was able to get back just as you were doing your outro and whatnot. I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool or whatnot. And then I see this stuff close. like, oh, God, Sasha's doing the cool shit. Sasha's doing the cool shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the actual intro for the re-debut was a ton of work to do because, as I told you, it was 22 minutes yeah. of pre-recorded footage with with a select couple of songs that I mainly know about from Stalker. But I took in as being like, here, here are some songs that thematically kind of fit. You know, you got Teardrop by Massive Attack. You got How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead. And then the Patsy Cline track, baby. Yeah. The Patsy Cline track the was it. The instant that <laughs> that started playing, I, I, think I, I think I literally said in the chat, I think it's happening. I think I literally mm -hmm. said you could go back to that live stream if you can and like look at the chat. I'm pretty sure I say when that oh. track starts. I think I literally said I think it's time or something along the lines of that. And that was on a whim. That was just a complete like on a whim where I was like I found out about that song from a band called End It, um, who influenced me a lot in terms of what I do. And I was like, I really like this song. I can't remember what other songs I wanted it to be. I think the other track I originally thought of it being was uh i sent it to patch but it was definitely originally going to be something else and then i discovered that song um wait i think it was either going to be stormy weather by uh etta james or something or it was i think um i think it was like I, at one point i thought about having it be god only knows by the beach boys um <laughs> but but patsy klein uh was what i went with and and the whole pre-recorded thing where it's just like it plays a song and every now and then you get reminded that something's a little bit not right mm -hmm. um, until it starts to completely fall apart. And you then you just, oh, God, it's a lot of fun to make media like that. It's a lot of fun to, to just, oh God, yeah. And, and, and if this is what you're toying around <laughs> with now, I can only imagine, like, if you can get more opportunities to, like, work with it. Like, Sasha, I'm being dead serious. If I ever get to an opportunity with this podcast to where I can hire editors, I did ask want you to be a part of that if you're down for it. I would love to I have would love you. To be. I would say I would love to have you, like, doing some cool shit when it comes to the podcast, whether it be, like, cool stuff with the actual episodes or maybe some cool shit with, like, bonus episodes. I legitimately, yeah. I legitimately think, like, if you had the opportunity to, if you really wanted to, I think you could do some incredible stuff with video editing. That's just me personally. I mean, obviously, like like you said, you know, I know for some of it is, like, the anxiety or whatnot, but I imagine, like, if you can find, like, the proper people to work with or whatnot, I think you have the opportunity to be, like, one of the coolest editors out there. Yeah. I think I just need medication. <laughs> that it would also I'll take help. both. I'll take both. <laughs> that would also help. But you know, we've been talking a lot about like obviously the stuff you've been able to do, and like just thinking back to like everything that we have just talked about when it comes to like all the influences of, of art or streaming, whether it be like the music from the start or the video games that were there, to getting into streaming, to really going all in when it comes to VTubing. Thinking of your journey as a whole, does it does it amaze you how far you've been able to come along? Absolutely. I don't think I didn't think that it would be feasible for me to be where I am, honestly. Like, like, let's be real. All right. As a creator, 
don't all of us dream about when, you know, about like we daydream about the idea of like, you know, being at a place where we're proud of everything that we're doing or or daydreaming about about our heights or where we can go. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us do that. But like, I didn't really think that I would be where I am, you know, especially not when I started streaming back in 2021. I thought I'd just be some kid streaming in her bedroom until I, you know, uh, while well, I just had like a main job and it was just like a thing I do on the side. Right. And to be fair, that's still kind of the case. But as a whole, I didn't really think I'd be doing what I do now. And I'm so it's crazy. It's fucking insane. And, and the journey that I've been taking is is legitimately something that makes me smile and, and gives me a lot of just like just makes me really kind of feel like. I don't want to sound too overly sentimental, but it wasn't until I started doing what I do now that I started to feel like I had a place well, there you go. anywhere. And that's important to me. Absolutely. I can only imagine how important it is, especially you know, seeing where you are now and seeing the, the cool stuff you're able to do nowadays. But for this next question, if I may, like, consider all the cool stuff you've done. Let's say you're able to go above and beyond, especially with this next question that I have for you, if I may. Let's say, Sasha, that I am big shot Mr. Moneybags. You've met him a couple times. You've seen him around. You see him lurking. Why not? Let's say I'm mm-hmm. big shot Mr. Moneybags. I come to him like, look, Sasha, we know we know you got some cool shit going on, okay? We know we've seen the incredible stuff you've got to do, but we think you could do a little bit more. You just need a little additional you know, push, a little platform to really help you get to where you want to be. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible. And more money than it should be possible. We should probably be you know, feeding the homeless all the popcorners that we have lying around extra. We'll take care of that in a second. Right now, we are focusing on you. No comment. <laughs> we are focusing on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the Dream Too Much Sasha project? That is... That is a very, very difficult question to think of because I always kind of tend to, I don't really plan more than a week ahead and I always, you know, keep myself grounded with my vision, but I don't know. You know what? I wouldn't mind making a a cool little spooky movie or a game or something, you know? I think uh, a short film would be something I think I would have a lot of fun with. I have a lot of, a lot of, you know, little ideas that I always keep around and I think that could be a fun thing, realistically. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of turning what I do into something that is a little bit more than just a stream into maybe something you could feasibly sit down and watch, you know, in your living room or something. It would be cool. You know what? That's something I'd totally be down for seeing, seeing the little taste of it. You've been able to do with the limited resources you've had or whatnot. And I can only imagine with like, just, just, you know, going crazy with whatever kind of budget, whatever kind of things that you want to do to like, I imagine obviously you don't want to go like too over the top, but still like, having an opportunity to do that kind of stuff would be incredible and seeing exactly the final product you could do. Right. Absolutely. But sadly, we got to get down from the dream scenario. We got to get back to reality, Sasha. I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself (laughs) say five to 10 years from now? Ah, ah, this is a, this is a question that's always been a little bit difficult for me to answer. For a lot of reasons, um, ideally, I just want to still be together with all the people I've met here. Oh, okay. I just want to still be, I just want to still be a part of everybody here. I just want to still be able to talk to all the people that we have here, you know? I, because it's always kind of, every, you know, people move on. Sometimes people come in and out of friend groups. Some people have to go other places or whatever. Sometimes things change, but... Mm-hmm. 
that's realistically all that matters to me. I want to still be able to talk to people like Spyro, like Rocco, like Faye, like you, like everybody else, uh, you know, Noel and, 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 and everybody else that's part of our group. I want to still be, I want us to all still be this, this, this wonderful movement, this wonderful scene, because at, at the end of the day, the reason I, I make content is because, you know, I don't really have the time to make music and this is me creating my own scene. I'm not a band. I'm not a musician, but this is my scene. This is my concert. This is my this is my audience. I'm up on the stage, and and you know what? We're all up on the stage together, a lot of the time, and and I I just want us to all be on this stage together. Hell yeah! It it if I if I was, I'll be real with you. If I was here, like if that redebut happened, and and all like even if that redebut happened, mm-hmm. and I was clocking in at like a thousand viewers, and I was getting a sub a minute. And and everything, but none of you guys were there. It would have been such a stupidly fucking hollow victory. It would have meant absolutely nothing, and I probably would have turned in after that and said, "No, I'm just gonna go back to playing video games by myself in the dark again." That's all that matters is having you guys, is having having these friends that I've made, having this 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 group of people I can always turn to, who who I know they can always turn to me. That's that's where I see myself in ten years, or where I would like to be. With with everybody that matters to me, with the people I love, doing the things we love, that's all that matters. That is that that hey, if it the feeling is very much mutual more than anything else. I I'd love to, to have that and hopefully be able to just like do more with that friend group even in that five to ten years. Lord knows what can happen in five to ten years. Look at what's happened in the past five years alone. A lot can fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> Look what happens in two years. I I transitioned. I'm, yeah. I'm trans now. There you go. That's a victory. That's a dub. It's crazy. Right <laughs> it's a huge dub. It's a major dub. As we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask you, Sasha. Obviously, you've, okay. been, you've been entrenched in art in one way or another. You know, music, video games, whatever you consider art. Like you've been entrenched in it for for ages at this point. How important Correct. is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? I don't think society can progress without art. I don't think people can progress without art without art. I don't think we can have scientific progressions without art giving people the the inspiration to realize where we can go as as a civilization or as a species. A lot of a lot of a lot of scientific progression is done through art. Just look at shit like the World's Fair, you know? Yeah. Um a lot of societal progression is done through art because we as people through either things like music or art or film or anything like that learn that maybe we can have it better so we create our social movements to realize that it can be better or or to try to to try to bring that to fruition art is more than just like it's more than just a creation it is such an important and integral expression of the self that i i again i do not think it to be hyperbolic or extreme in any state to say that society would literally not exist without art we as people would not be where we are without art we would not. You and I would not be sitting here. We would not be using the computers we would do that we do. We would not be, you know, there would not be an internet. There would not be anything, any of our modern amenities without art to to allow us as a society as a society to realize that that is a possibility. Art is about possibility. Is how I like to look at it. That is a wonderful way to work at it, and a wonderful way to word it. If I do say so myself. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
Sasha, that's all the questions I have for you. I've already showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but you know what? I want to show you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> Sasha, I, I know I have said it over and over again, but I sincerely consider you one of my closest friends, like just period. I am honored to even know you in the first place, let alone consider you a close friend of mine. Um, any opportunity I get to just chill out with you, I feel like I am enriched by that experience from you know, the moment I hop into the moment I sign off more than anything else, especially hearing like the, the passion you have for certain things like, you know, uh, stalker or the, especially music. I cannot tell you how much you've like enriched me when it comes to music and knowing how much that shit means to you. Like I can understand like how important and how vital it is for you. And to, 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 to get that as even the slightest essence of it is something that has made my life for the better at the end of the day. Um, obviously like I knew going into this, like the conversation we were going to have is incredible and I cannot thank you enough for giving me your time, not just today, but for the past year or so that I've gotten to know you. Like I, like I said before, I consider myself lucky to even know you and consider you like one of my truest friends. Like, thank you for letting me be there. Let me, letting me be a part of your life and thank you for making my life a little bit better. Ah, believe me when I say the feeling is mutual, and I know as cliche or, or silly as this may sound, the appropriate city hate crew would not exist without you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are you are an integral an integral force for for positivity, for inspiration, for expression within my life, and and the fact that I have gotten to know you and 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 be able to have an impact on your life as much as you have had an impact on mine. That is one of the best parts about VTubing or being a streamer, you know? You you have been just one of the coolest goddamn people to know, and I, I am not I'm not being hyperbolic at all when I say that I, I think you're one of the best friends I've made here. And I could not be happier to have known you, and I can't wait to spend however, you know, as long as I can being your friend. Absolutely. Legitimately. Absolutely. Uh, trust me, I cannot agree to that more. I, I'll go ahead and fucking say this, Sasha. At some point, either this year or next year, I want to try my make my way up north. All right, I I want to finally do a road trip up there, up to you know around where you live or whatnot, because I'd never been there before. And you bet your ass that I want to at least spend a night, you know, uh, spend an evening with you, like with friends or whatnot, either experiencing the living hell out of an awesome concert or even just enjoying some of that good ass cooking. I know you can do. All right. I just want to, I, I want to finally have the opportunity to like meet you in person. So I, I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally get that opportunity whenever it happens. So well, let's see about some shows. Let's see about some shows then. Let's see about some concerts. I'll, I'll let you know. When, I'll let you know when I when those plans become a little bit more concrete, more than anything else. Um, Naturally, exactly. But if people want to be able to see you virtually, more than anything else, and get an opportunity to understand why I'm gushing so much about uh, again a battle made from Chernobyl, go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. All right, um, I am too much, Sasha. Um, I, you you all already know this is obviously, but I am the Chernobyl Battle Maid. You can find me at twitch.tv slash too much Sasha. That's spelled S-A-S-C-H-A. Don't ask about why I spelt like that. I guess I just kind of fucking do now. And Twitter.com with the exact same name. Um I stream I stream FPS games, horror titles, um, sometimes racing games, I guess. <laughs> I guess I just do that. And but I also just talk a lot about music, and I oftentimes stream music with some friends. I haven't had you on for one in a while, Post. I really need to fix that. In fact, I don't think I've had you on, on one at all. Um, 
I will give you an update on what I'm doing. But yes, I stream FPS horror, Slav Jank, and music, and um, I love I love to to share what I love with the people I love. And I hope I hope you you know all of you are able to find a niche somewhere in there and and be a part of it because I would love to have you be a part of it, all of you. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um. <laughs> Pripyat City Hate Crew for Life, baby. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, Pripyat City Hate Crew for Life. Let's go. We're, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> With that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, mi amigos. <laughs> Spoko no nosh. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I sincerely do appreciate you sticking around to the end. Um, like I said, all the way from the start of this thing, Sasha is someone that I consider one of my closest friends ever since I've started this podcast journey. Um, and I'm truly grateful to to know her, let alone be a part of her life as well. Um, Sasha, if you've gotten to this point, like, yo, homie, like, <laughs> you already know how it is. Like, I mean, for God's sakes, we talk almost on a daily basis, but still, like, Fucking thank you so much sincerely for taking the time to do this. this. This was a wonderful conversation like I anticipated. And, you know, I know it's going to be one of many more that we have to come more than anything else. You know, the thing that I appreciate most about Sasha is, like, how much she has more or less, like, opened my eyes to certain things, especially with, like, music. Oh, my God. Her love for music is infectious, people. Sincerely, it is. You know, meeting people like Sasha especially in this community, meeting people that are truly passionate about stuff more than anything else. It's the stuff that I, it's the kind of people I want in my life. It's the kind of people I want to keep close in my life because that passion can carry a lot. That passion brings energy to so many people more than you could ever realize. And, you know, especially getting to, to know Sasha more and more just by every single day. Like it, it's, it is a gift to have friends like her in my life and sincerely is. Um, which also leads me to like another thing that I just want to, and might as well just go ahead and say it like, you know, I am proud that I know Sasha so much, especially for a community like this to where it's so easily, so easy for people to hate her and ridicule her just because she's trans. Um, you know, I don't know if you've realized this by now with my, you know, major support for the LGBT community people. But um, if you don't respect Sasha, if you don't respect her, if you don't think she's more than a person, then I don't think of you as a person. OK. In this community, we respect everyone for who they are, what they are, where they come from, everything. The kind of hate that you're seeing in certain states and the kind of lack of support the stuff that they're taking away from people that, that none of that in this community, that is not what this community is about. This community is about love and support. That is the foundation of this. 
And having someone like Sasha definitely gives a lot of love and support. And we need to give back that love and support for people. You know, I'm glad that Sasha kicked off Pride Month, but I could have had her on literally at any other time of the year. At the end of the day, like, she is an incredible person, and I don't know where I'd be if she wasn't a part of my friend group, if she wasn't a part of my life. And I sincerely hope that you, that everyone out there has at least one person, no matter how they identify or what, they have that person that they keep closer than anyone else. Do not let go of that and support and love those people. Back those people up. Like, fight Fight for their rights. Fight for their will to live. Fight for the people that truly deserve it. There's so much hate and horrible shit out there in the world. And I, it kills me sometimes. It really does. But just know that, especially for my friends like Sasha and so many people that have come on this podcast and I've had incredible conversations with them. I will do everything in my power to make sure that they understand that I am going to have their backs, that I'm going to love and support them, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that they can go forth and live their best life. I hope that you guys as a community are willing to do that as well. Thank you so much for listening. Keep showing that love and support, not just for this podcast, but for everyone in this community.